In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today marks the beginning of my fifth year as your pastor. Jesus' warning to beware of false prophets was the text read at my installation service. It was appropriately read then, and it is still fitting today. The greatest danger to the church does not come from the outside. It comes from within, from false prophets, false shepherds, false sheep, and most especially, false doctrine. There has never been a time that the church was not in grave danger of falling into false teaching, and this will not change until our Lord returns. We must ever be vigilant. We are the church militant. If you are tired of fighting, then pray that God would grant you a speedy entrance into heaven. Otherwise, every member of the church on earth is called to be engaged in the battle against false doctrine. In the long history of the church of God, what is the greatest heresy we have faced? Some scholars would suggest Arianism a false teaching that surfaced in the 4th century and almost split the church in two. In our time, Satan has rebranded this ancient heresy, and its followers are now called Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. But destructive as this has been, Arianism is not the greatest threat to the church. The most destructive heresy in the history of the world is called by a name you've probably never heard of, enthusiasm. This doesn't mean having a lot of energy or being excited. Nothing wrong with that. Enthusiasm, theologically speaking, is the false idea that God speaks directly to the human heart apart from his word. Many people say, yes, the Bible is important, But if you are really in tune with the Holy Spirit, you will hear God's voice within yourself. This is enthusiasm. It's the most dangerous heresy there is. The first enthusiasts were Adam and Eve. They believed that what they felt in their hearts was more important than what God had said. They saw that the forbidden fruit was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. God said, you will surely die, but Adam and Eve thought they knew better. They listened to the whispering voice of Satan and became enthusiasts. And of course, they died. That's the problem with enthusiasm. It's a diseased tree that bears bad fruit. And then all throughout the rest of the Old Testament, the people of God were continually led astray by false prophets who preached words that were not from the mouth of God. Enthusiasm. Nothing changed in the New Testament. Jesus had to rebuke the scribes and Pharisees because they set aside the commandments of God and held instead to the traditions of men. Enthusiasm. And in his final address to the church in Ephesus, St. Paul warned, 
After my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Enthusiasm. Knowing the danger of this false teaching, Jesus commanded his disciples, Take heed that no one deceives you, for false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Therefore, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. If they say to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. And yet many people do believe it. Many Christians go running off to the inner room of their own minds, expecting to hear the voice of Jesus speaking within their hearts. But we don't need to be running around looking for Jesus. Why? Because he has already told us where he will be. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And he is present in his body and his blood, broken and shed for you. If you want to find Jesus, don't run about chasing dreams and visions. Don't listen to the voice of your heart that is deceitfully wicked above all things. Go instead to the place where the word of God is preached in truth and purity and the sacraments are rightly administered. It seems simple enough. Why then is enthusiasm such a danger to the people of God? Because, as St. Paul tells us, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Enthusiasm is appealing because it whispers into our ears the things we want to hear. In Luther's day, the enthusiasts claimed to hear the voice of God speaking to them directly. And because they had this new word from God, they despised the written word, listening instead to the heavenly voice within their own hearts. And in place of the concrete forgiveness of Christ delivered through the holy sacraments, they put their trust instead in subjective feelings of the heart, hoping that there they could find assurance of salvation. Enthusiasm is alive and well within the church today, perhaps even within your own heart. I knew of two different men who both went to the same young woman on the same day at separate times and told her, God said to me that I am supposed to marry you. There is no such word written in the Bible. They were enthusiasts. Here's another example. When a loved one dies, people often say, I know that Aunt Mary is watching out for me from heaven. Again, there is no promise of that in Scripture. It is enthusiasm. God does not guarantee you a life on earth without suffering. He does not promise you wealth, good health, or a long life. 
The word of God does not say whether you will beat cancer and live another 20 years. And yet so many Christians are happy to believe these false promises. If you are in the habit of saying, God spoke to me or the Holy Spirit revealed to me, but it's not written in the Bible, then you are an enthusiast. Now, why is this a problem? Because trust in false promises that God did not make breeds despair and unbelief, which are destructive to your eternal soul. Neither of those two men ended up marrying that young woman, even though each was separately convinced that God had said he would. And because they had believed false promises, afterwards they might easily have concluded If God didn't keep his promise about my future wife, why should I trust what he says about the forgiveness of sins and salvation? When the new job doesn't work out or when the sickness returns, the devil will tell you that God doesn't keep his promises. This is your enemy's goal, to cause you to doubt your heavenly father and question his intentions toward you as Adam and Eve did in the garden. If Satan can succeed at this, he can take away your faith and destroy your eternal soul. But the promises that God has made to you are infinitely greater than all the lies Satan would have you believe. The words of Christ bring comfort and peace that transcends all human understanding. Listen to just a few of Jesus' promises to you from Holy Scripture. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. For as far from the east is from the west, so far will I remove your transgressions from you. And I will destroy the veil that is spread over all nations. I will swallow up death forever. Yes, says the Lord Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. For I myself will raise him up on the last day. The trumpet will sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. For to him who overcomes I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, and I will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. Dear members of the flock of God, do not listen to the lying voice of the false shepherds and teachers. Do not listen to the whispered assurances of your own heart. Do not be an enthusiast. Instead, hold fast to the written promises of Jesus, for these words are the only source of true comfort and lasting peace. The words of Jesus alone deliver the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. In his name, amen.